And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. How you doing? All right. Biggest, big things have happened since our last podcast. And not all of them, uh, all of, <laughs> big things have happened. Big things have I happened. Missed it. I missed it again. Well, I don't think you missed it. It's just that uh, <laughs> we went in last week expecting the salary cap this week to be at about 240 mil. And it came out to a whopping 255 mil. So a 15 million more increase for every team. Um, big issue for some teams. Some teams are way over the cap. And, they, you know, instead of doing those little kick the can down the road situations, they don't have to now. Other teams can make other arrangements. And the Lions moved up even more cap space than they have now. And I think it'll help um, signing some of the other guys back or budgeting their money. I don't think it's going to make a big difference, but it's a big surprise to me that the league is doing as well as it is. You're surprised the league is doing well? Well, to have a $30 million, you know, to have these big jumps in the cap, yeah, I was surprised by that. Well, a couple Especially of according to one side of our political spectrum that, you know, the the economy's in free fall and everybody's, you know, eating off the off the garbage cans outside and the world is going and a, a banana costs $10 million the way we're hearing from one side. So I'm surprised that people have enough discretionary income to go watch football. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I've always had a hard time getting by on 256 mil. It's hard. Yeah, tell it's tell really tell our audience again, Mike, as you told me the other day. What was the salary cap in ninety three or ninety four when they started the salary cap? Well, free agency started in in in, in nineteen ninety three, and the and the salary cap took effect in nineteen ninety four, and it was thirty four point six mil. That can't even get you a good quarterback today. Can't even get you a good quarterback today. That's 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 Daniel Jones' salary was the whole salary cap back then. <laughs> Well, yeah, with, with $3 million to spare, I guess. I guess. Know? Well, anyway, this, yeah. is a, this is an exciting week for me. You know, I'm not – people that know we've done this podcast a long time, I used to really be into the to the combine and what it was. I used to watch. I still watch for certain events like the running. I don't really watch the drills that much. I just like to see the way guys look out of uniform, just to look at them. That's all I do with it. And for the people that are coming to the combine, the teams – the medicals and the interviews, I think, are the most important part of it because, like I said, you got enough tape and you'll see a little bit of working out. But um, nowadays, a couple of these coaches are opting out, which is amazing to me. And of teams that I don't think they should be opting out, like Sean McVay, he hasn't been there the last couple of years, I think, or at least last year for sure. He's not going again. He made it known on a recent um interview he did, and um, Dallas Cowboys coach McCarty, I guess he's not going to be there now, Mike McCarthy. So um, are we overrating this combine from the coaching standpoint? Yeah, I think so, because it doesn't affect it one way, one way or the other what they get out of the uh, out of the combine at all. It's got nothing to do with the quality of players they're going to draft, and that's what this is about. So no, it doesn't. But I'll tell you, there's another guy who's not there, too. Who's that? Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick. Yeah, he hasn't been there the last couple of years, right? Yeah, this just doesn't change anything for him. He, he doesn't, or when he goes, he doesn't. He doesn't uh, do interviews with the media. At least he didn't used to. Well, for one thing, you know, it just dawned on me. I was, I'm, I was spacing. He don't have a job, so he ain't got a reason to be there. But oh, I, I just got to go to it. But my other point is. <laughs> I don't think that's a badge of honor that he hadn't been there the last few years or last year at least because his drafting has been damn awful. Uh, he certainly wasn't getting much out of that 15 minutes he spent with the media. Was he? No, he wasn't getting it. I mean, 
that's the part to me. And I'm I'm a guy, I'm a type of guy, if it's a party going on, I want to be there at least for a minute. Yep. And if it's something going on where everybody's gathering, I want to be there just so they're not talking about me. So I'm going to show. I don't understand why these coaches, even if you can leave early or whatever, I would show my face there just to say I was there. I don't get this whole I'm, I'm too cool to go thing. But, you know, look, Sean McVay, let's just face it. In the KB realm of of words for describing coach, he's a tool to me. He's always been. I don't like him. McCarthy, I thought he was middling, a middling coach on a good team at Green Bay. I like McCarthy. I like him a lot. He's a, yeah, I, like I like him personally, but he's a middling coach on a Green Bay team that had a great quarterback. So yeah, I'm not going to sit there. No, you, okay. you, you can't you can't excuse these last three years at Dallas, man, 12 wins each season, and, and you didn't even get us to the second round. We got to the second round once. Yeah, yeah, you got there once. But, I mean, with 12 wins, two, three 12 wins seasons in a row, and you can't get any farther than that, I, okay. Okay. Well, Kenny, but they, let's not beat this to death. But they weren't winning twelve games before you got there. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying he's middling to me. He's a. He's a. Okay. Like I'm saying, hey, we got Mike McCarthy for you. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, I'll take him. Yeah, but you know, other than that, but anyway, I don't want to get into that. I just want to say that I just think it's a. It's it's the the, the the I'm too cool for the room thing that I'm not showing. Yeah, you know, I'm not showing. You don't know, you know, want to see just what events run. Is that what it is? Well. I guarantee you, they can claim they're not showing, but when they do those interviews with those prospects at night, I guarantee they're there on Zoom. I guarantee they're on them. There's no way in the world they're not. Because if you draft the wrong guy or somebody comes in and he becomes a serial killer or he tears up the the team, questions are going to be asked to you. Why didn't you vet him better? Questions are going to be asked to you. If you if you were too cool, to, well, I didn't really get to talk to him, you know. But uh, uh, you know the scouting report. You know no, that, that I'm sorry. You're the CEO. You need to be there. Look, I'm trying to get a word. Go <laughs> ahead, life, man. You, know? you got me fired up today. Breath. Calm down. Go ahead. Go ahead. But but this isn't the only time that they interview the, these players. They get another shot at them back at their facility in in in, in, in for, for the Cowboys, of course, in, back in uh, in uh, was it the, what are they in Dallas now? Yeah. Thirty. So another shot at them. Thirty for the guys that they for the guys that they really want to talk to. They'll bring them in and talk to them. Right. And no young, no kid, the draft prospect is going to take is going to not want to be interviewed by the Dallas Cowboys with the you know all of their history and all of that you know America's team and all that. They, they'd walk to get there. Well, let's put the bet on it now. What McCarthy's not going to be there, Mike McCarthy. Right. How much you want to bet Jerry Jones is going to have his butt there? He ain't missing nothing with a camera. Well, he always used to have his, his bus. I'm right saying, there. he ain't missing nothing. I get to him and his son, there'll be 20 shots a day on him up in them stands because that's what he does. He lives for this. So, yeah, Mike, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Mike McCarthy don't need to show because he ain't running the team anyway. The guy who's running the team will be there. <laughs> And that, of course, is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, that's right. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Maybe what he's doing is a protest to Jerry Jones. Maybe maybe I'm not thinking this right. Maybe Mike McCarthy said, well, hell, if you're going to let me coach the team, I ain't coming. You know, I'm just going to be a figurehead. Then you go find the players. So, anyway, we'll figure it out. Back to the Lions, though, what what our concern is. Yeah. Brad Holmes talked on, um, I give him credit, uh, there's, Sister Station, the Soul Station, whatever you want to call it, ninety-seven one, and he talked uh, 
about it. They had an interview with him pre-combine uh, interview. And basically what he came out saying was that, you you know, you fill your spots in free agency and then you draft kind of he likes the best player thing. He didn't say he was going to do it, but that's what he alluded to. And one thing he did say that was interesting, he said when they were trying to get him to – they were trying to pin him down and if he should, you know, go out for a big money player. And he said, okay, so what if I get this player – and he's available in September or October. He's not available in November or December. Then how does your franchise work? And he said, on the other end, all the other good players you have, what if the one player you did go get is available in November or December, but the other guys aren't? So basically he was saying, one guy don't make a team. And I, I kind of like that, the way he assessed that. Well, one thing, I, I would agree with that. And some it, it, it depends on the position. At quarterback, of course, it does. It, it, it more than probably, more obviously, more than any other position. So, in that regard, it does. But and, and maybe, you know, a great pass rusher, you know, an edge rusher, maybe, you know, might 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 make the difference. That could probably would. Doesn't mean it's gonna he's gonna carry the team on his back. But I think there are there are areas there where if you get a, a great player. A truly, you know, outstanding player. He's going to make an impact on your team. Yeah, I agree. But um, I understand the, the the what he's saying to the well, level I of I entirely. No, I I, I agree. You put all your money oh. eggs in this basket, and then the guy that gets hurt doesn't perform or doesn't show up. Then you're out of luck. But he was saying, build your team, and then you don't have to worry about one position holding your team back. And I agree with that. Now. There are some positions, some positions that need attention more than others, and we all know those three positions. Am I right? We don't have to talk about. It. We've been talking about this since the season ended. Well, Defensive right, end, cornerback, and third. You know who third is? Backup quarterback, kicker. No, you know those <laughs> those three those three need That's attention. Kicker. That's fine. <laughs> those three need attention. I didn't say they had to be first round pick kicker, but they, those three uh, need attention. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm all for signing a free agent cornerback and drafting another one. I mean, you got to bring a couple of guys in, to, as far as I'm concerned. I think you should redo that whole backfield. You know, you got a couple guys you can keep, but after that, I'm all for redoing that whole defensive backfield this year. Well, I'm 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 just I'm just glad that the kicker is taking the pressure off the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got a backup quarterback now. They need to, they might want to add a third veteran, which I'm sure that look, Mike. Yeah, because of the way the salaries are now and the way these young kids are coming into the NFL and people are keeping them for salary reasons, there's going to be a, a laundry list of veteran QBs out there that you know aren't great but can get you through a game or whatever. They'll, you can find a third stringer out there. I have no problem. Like the Nate Sudfields, you can find – there's 20 of those guys. Marcus Mariotas, who used to be first-round picks, they're now in the Sudfield category. They're like throw-ins. They're third stringers. They're emergency quarterbacks. So I'm not even worried about them finding a guy like that. They'll grab somebody. Um, Look, if, you think, if you think you need a backup quarterback, you can find one. It's not hard to do. Yeah, but you're not even looking for a backup. You're looking for a third stringer. You're looking for just a veteran third stringer. Uh-huh. You know, you, you you going into the camp unless, like I said, Hooker just falls on his face. You got your backup. Well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll see him play. You know, at least play one play on the. I agree. Field I agree. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if if Hendon Hooker becomes good on either our team or another team, him sitting out that year is the best thing that ever happened to him. I was listening to um, Merrill Hodge Hogue talk about quarterbacks. Hodge. 
Miro Hyde. I call him Miro Hogan. Yeah, Miro Hyde talk about quarterbacks. And he was saying that they rush these guys in there and they, they get beat up early and they never gain confidence or whatever and they don't sit them like they used to. And I, I, me and you have talked about this for years. I agree with that. And I just, I just think that even though he didn't want to sit out last year, that knee injury is going to be the best thing for his career in the long run because he had to, even though he didn't play a down, he did get to dress at the end of the season and he got to sit back and just watch NFL football. Yeah, and experience the whole pro thing too. Look, I've said this. You know, I'm a, I'm a more of a fan of Fields of Chicago than I am of how he plays. I just, but I just think his career has been. It would have been. I wouldn't say it would have taken a miracle, but it would have taken an awful lot for him to fight through all of the all of the turmoil he went through just to get to the game on Sunday for three years there with the, with the Chicago Bears. I just really think that he was he was set back right from the start with it. Change no. here, change there, change here, change there. That, just it, it worked. It worked to his disadvantage, not his advantage. It wasn't like playing pro ball. It was like playing pickup ball for no. him. Their whole draft class was. Uh, those quarterbacks were all rushed, and it, it hurt every one of them, from Mac Jones to uh, Wilson in the New York Jets, and they just hurt them all. Even uh, Francis. I mean, the first pick, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor France, I'm thinking of soccer. Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> um, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't great his first year. I thought he could have sat some and it would have helped him out. But Mike, because of the money now, you just can't sit these guys anymore. And I, I understand it, but a lot of those casualties are going to be by, by the by the roadside because you didn't give them time and didn't sit them and didn't be patient with them. And I feel for Justin Fields because I think he'll be a decent quarterback in the long run. I want him out of the division because I just don't like him. Because he runs against the Lions, and I just don't—I don't want to see him play somewhere else, and I can like him again because I hate anything Chicago and Green Bay. But um, I just well, feel that it looks, obviously it looks like that's going to happen, and they're talking about the spe- speculation on whether they might, you know, the, the Bears and whoever, whoever's, you know, wants Fields might be able to cut a deal. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the Bears—if they trade him now—I'm I'm going stepping out on a limb here. They're not trading him in the NFC. And don't be surprised if he ends up in with the Vegas Raiders. I'm just saying the team on the other side, if I'm them, if I'm sending him out, because I don't want him coming back haunting me twice a year or having to go through him to win a, you know, a, a conference title or whatever, I'm sending him to the AFC. And if they're smart, that's what they'll do. Send him to Tennessee, send him to the, the, the Raiders, send him anywhere over there and let them deal with him. Don't send him to Atlanta. Don't send him to Washington. Send him to New England. Send him somewhere that way. But – if the Bears are smart, if they're going to give up on him, that's what they better do because you don't want that guy. If he comes back home, I don't think Atlanta ever recovered from Brett Favre being sent to Green Bay. Well, I mean, they, went, you know, they made it to the Super Bowl. That's... Yeah, but they never recovered. They never had a quarterback, Mike, until Michael Vick. They never had a quarterback close to Brett Favre once they got rid of him. What about Matt um... – uh, oh God! What that was? He just retired after last season. Talking about Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, but he was after Vic. I'm talking about up until the time from Favre to Vic. They didn't have a quarterback for ten years. Yeah. You know, they ended, they remember the '90s? The whole '90s they had Chris Chandler and guys like that. I think wasn't Chris Chandler the one that went to the Super Bowl when that one year they went? And That's the reason why they yeah. lost, they had uh, what's the guy's name from from um, Indiana? Um. Jeff George, you know they they didn't have anybody, but you you give up a Hall of Famer, that's what happens. And they send them to they send them in your conference too. So anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I'm I'm, I'm digressing. No, I'm digressing. This is the digress hey, the digressing podcast. 
You, you can you can cut some of this stuff out, right? No, I'm not cutting anything out. This is yeah. live. When we do a podcast, Michael here, we give it raw. We give it live. <laughs> At lunch. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, no mustard, man. Come but uh, anyway, back to the Lions thing. Um, we'll talk about free agency next week because that will be the when everybody's tagged. You'll know who's available and who what they should do and the money they have. Well, but I just want to talk about philosophy of the draft. Now, the Lions are in a position where they got a lot of young players and they're stacking young players on young players where development of your coaches to the players is important. And I see these players getting better like Ife Melifanu and guys, your coaching now is starting to get guys better. Right now, going into this draft, Mike, aren't you, are you at the same feeling that I am that I don't care what position you draft that, just draft good players? Draft the best player you can. Don't 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 compromise. You know, just get. get I, I I agree with what what Brad Holmes said. You want to grad. You want to get quality players. That, that, um, that's what that's what I would do. If, if you if you continue just to draft for position, you'll end up with a, with a weak roster. That's been proven over time. Right. You've got to go. But look, there are some exceptions. Some you know, it's not a hard and fast rule. But there are and there are some exceptions. But you have to go for quality, and you'll build a roster. Yeah. Well, the, the good thing about some of the positions they need, evidently this draft is plentiful on them. Cornerbacks, uh, it's a good year for cornerbacks. There are plenty for ones you can get outside of the first round. Guards, you can always get. You can get fifth-round guards that start for you. You can get fourth-round guards that start. Jonah Jackson was a third-round. He started from day one. So you can find a guard you know, later on a starting player. Because guards don't usually get picked, you know, by a lot of teams early because other teams are going for other positions. So the positions they need, except for defensive end, and everybody needs defensive ends or pass rushers every year. That, that's never going to change. So those are always going to be difficult to get in the draft if you're not drafting high, at least the good ones that you think are good because everybody needs them anyway. So everybody's looking for that. Besides that, though, they're in good position into this draft for what they need. And this is a, this is an unusual year because there's only one edge rusher, you know, rated in the top ten. And usually there's you know right. one or two or three of those, but that's not the case this year. In fact, was it two years ago when they went they went back to back first and second in the, in the in the draft two years ago edge rushers. Yeah, and I guarantee you that even though it's only one of how many you say rated high one. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Want, in, the, in the top ten. In the top ten. I guarantee there'll be some. At the end of next season, there'll be some guys that weren't, weren't drafted high in the first, you know, top half of the first round to become great edge players next year. It's just always you just they're always there, and you don't know if it's the scheme that somebody's drafted to or whatever they do, but they're there. It's just harder to find them after the you know the the, the main guys are gone. So we'll see how it works out. But I guarantee there'll be somebody that has a ten sack season that wasn't a top, you know, top t- half of the first round pick. Watch and see it. Always it happens every year. I'll bet you there isn't. Okay, we'll take a bet on that. It happens every year. It happens every year. And you get the guys like Trayvon Walker, who the Jacksonville drafted, they thought was going to be the best sack guy. And he he's third out of him, Thibodeau, and Hutchinson. He's the lowest of the sack guys. And that's just the way sometimes it works out. I'm not allowed to bet. Don't okay, well, don't bet. Don't bet. <laughs> don't bet. Um, also, um, the thing I want to see also out of the combine this week, I want—I can't wait till Tuesday to hear Campbell talk because he hasn't talked since uh, that last press conference we had. Um, 
I want to hear about this players that fit. You know, like he said, everybody can't play for this team and whatever. How do you find out if a guy can play for you in that? As I'm talking about rookie-wise, I know free agent-wise you right. might be able to do it, but I just want to know, is there something you look for in the interviews or something? I just want to know, is it on the tape? What What does he mean by that? They're just some guys that can't play for us. Well, you know, he likes, like they say, they like people who love football, and not everybody loves everything that goes into it. You know, the preparation, the, the, the you know, hours spent studying tape and all of that other stuff. Not everybody, you know, not everybody's is willing to, to commit to that. Now, if you want to play, you will. Right. If you're just a naturally great player, that that happens too. But but you want guys who are willing to, you know, to, like I said, commit to what what gets the job done. Do you do your job? Yeah. I guess, like I said, I, some of this is coaching talk to me too because I remember somebody said the exact same thing, and you guys poo pooed. Not you guys, but a lot of the media poo pooed them and. It didn't work, and that was Rod Marinelli. Rod would say the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He wanted guys who played football. Chuck Darby, that's a foot. Um, War Daddy was a football player, and blah, blah, blah. It didn't work. Right. So I just want to know what's the difference between it actually working and not. Maybe it's because he's got a GM that has the same philosophy. I don't think Matt Millen had the same philosophy as Rod Marinelli. Well, no, but one thing about Rod, those players loved playing for him. They really did. Yeah, it just but didn't he, work. Right, he, the one year when right, they were seven and nine, right. but it, it just didn't work. Yeah, but he loved guys who love football, and that was his whole yep. thing. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You have to have the whole organization going with you. Um, you've been to the combine many years in a row. I guess you're not going this year, but you've been many years no. in a row. Is there something when you do the interviews with the media, whatever, with the players that you pick out from that? Is there something that – we can listen and gather by hearing these interviews with the players, something that the fans would want to know? You know, I want I want guys who can who can answer the question. You know, and for example, was it Chase Young? Was that the kid from uh, Ohio State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was two years ago, three years ago. I just kind of, he was at the podium doing an interview, and, and they give you 15 minutes or 12 minutes, whatever it is, and you could see it was winding down. And I had a question I wanted to ask him, but I knew he'd get a pretty good answer out of him. And I just kind of put my hand up and, and nodded, and he caught my, you know, you know, made eye contact. And I said, I could just ask you one last one. And I said, I said, you, you're not saying this, but I'm asking you this. We all know that the quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, or whatever it is. But do you consider yourself a bit the best player in this draft? And so he's completely off the hook because it's not him saying it himself. He's just responding to a question. And he went on and explained why he thought that. Those are the kind of guys, I, you know, I always try to get somebody who's going to sort of talk off the schedule. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I know he doesn't have a, doesn't have a prearranged, uh, preformed answer for everything. Right. Yeah. It I like turned, out, turned out, that wasn't great. I, you know, I'm not going to win a Pulitzer Prize for it no. or anything like that, but I got what I wanted out of it. Yeah. Also, I'd like that a lot of guys, I guess uh, this is the day that everybody who the quarterbacks are not throwing opted out. Um, all the top quarterbacks are opting out of throwing, I think. I'm not sure about Drake May, but I know uh, um, Caleb Williams has dropped out of throwing. Right, and also Jaden yeah. Dan- Daniels is not going to throw. Um, JP J.J. McCarthy is going to throw. And I'm not sure, like I said, about Drake May. But one thing that um, is interesting is Marvin Harrison has yeah. not went to one of those uh, – performance camps to get ready for the combine. He's not going to do any drills at the combine. He's training at Ohio State, and he'll come to the thing and do his interviews and his medicals or whatever. But he said he's standing on his film. 
You know, yeah. and that's it's just an interesting approach to it. He's not going to those speed camps or whatever they do to make you look good combine wise. If this works out for a guy like that, then you might see that that industry for the top guys go down because I always felt that you're just training for the combine and that doesn't tell you much anything. I, I mean, training for the forty is one thing, but training the drills and practicing the interviews and doing the whole thing, basically doing a combine before the combine. What is that getting a player? Well, the other thing is, too, it takes away some of the time. In other words, it doesn't get you ready to play football. And Aiden Hutchinson and Penny Sewell both said that, you know, how it was so much easier in their second year than it was in their first year. Because your, your first year as a rookie, you're not getting ready to play football. You're getting ready for the combine. That's what you're all your workouts are, 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 are attuned to. Your second year, you're getting ready to play football. And, and I'm talking about your off-season workout programs. And it's a completely different uh, environment, completely different um, goals and everything. It just changes everything. And, it, and it's just such a relief to get away from that. And just, you know, your, your, your workouts are focused for what you're going to be doing on the, on the field. Yeah. That's why I always think, and this is a good thing for Lions going forward this year, that the second-year players have the biggest jump. And usually it's that way. It's not all the time, but usually that way. So Gibbs, Branch, Campbell, going into the second year after, you, like you said, they didn't train much their first offseason because they were combine training. But I expect big jumps out of all four of those guys, even Laporta, all four of those guys, plus – I know you don't think much yet, but I'm holding out hope. Broderick Martin, I, I expect to see a big jump out of those guys this year. Well, we certainly would hope so. You know, he just he, he got almost no no uh, game time reps. I think he played played what thirty reps. Yeah, he played that Oakland times. that L.A. Raider, the L.A. Uh, not L.A. but the Vegas Raider game. I remember he was pushed around like a shopping cart. I, I, was, I was about to throw some groceries on his back. I seen him getting pushed <laughs> around so much. So, so uh, I, I expect more. I mean, like I said. Size-wise and, and, and look-wise, he's got it. he just got to put it together. But I'm sure he's going to get a lot of time, you know, preseason and before. So he'll get to show it this year. And some guys don't come out. Look at Iffy Melifano. It took him three years to come out. So everybody's ready to, to brush guys off real after one year. Don't do it. I remember Cliff Abrams' first year. I didn't think Cliff Abrams was going to be the player he was after his first year. It's just these things happen. It takes time. Well, third-round draft pick out of Purdue, I thought he was going to be a good player right from the beginning. I'm talking really about did. the way he ended up being a player. I never thought he'd be a player okay. that you would franchise tag after the first year, a player that was crucial, you know, in their their run back in 2011. I just – I thought he'd be an okay player in, in, when he first got there. But you never know. I thought Boss well, Baby you know was going to be great. So he, what the hell I know? You should have asked me. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Boss <laughs> Baby was going to be one of the greatest second-round picks well, ever. Got Look, I know. You know he well, he came in with two ACL injuries before he even got here. There's a rookie. He played every snap, every snap from from uh, as as a rookie, and got hurt in the opening opener of the uh, of the next next season, and barely played. Yeah, entirely changed his career. It did. Well, also entirely. trying to move him to middle linebacker kind of screwed him up too. We won't talk about the good old days, Mike. <laughs> yeah, make him a middle linebacker. Okay, okay, okay. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, people? Anybody out there know who we're talking about now? Oh, everybody knows Boss Bailey. Everybody knows Boss. Anyway. Anyway. So that'll wrap it for this week, Mike. We're going to get back with next week. We'll talk about the free agency start. We'll review the combine. One last question before you go. Which one of these players will the Lions sign this year? Just prediction. I'm not going to hold you to it. C.J. Gardner-Johnson or C.J. Moore? 
CJ Moore. I agree. Everybody's forgot about CJ Moore, who was suspended last year for gambling and will be reinstated well, soon. He was a core special teamer and, and backup safety and was counted on, and, and he got suspended. He's only 29 or 28. So um, I expect him back with the team this year. They liked him last year. He was a leader on the special teams, and I think they will sign him back. I think if any of those two come back, it'll be him. Oh, it's really, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Just take his phone away from him when he comes back. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, right. All right, well, that's Michael here at DetroitLions.com, Ken Brown, WGR Radio. Listen for the Combine and uh, reports. They'll be having those all week, and uh, the on-field work starts Thursday, and next week we'll talk some free agency and what's going on with the Lions. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right, Kenny Brown.